Welcome back to the Jasmine Star Show. I'm so happy you're here. Today's episode is a recording from an Ask Me Anything I hosted on Facebook Live recently. Y'all know I love me some live conversations. Hey, nothing gets before the podcast. Me and you right now, we have a conversation and you know I love this stuff. But when it happens live and people can comment and ask questions in real time, it lights me up. I love sharing these branding and marketing questions with you right here on the podcast because chances are if someone else has a question, you might have it too. And my goal as a business strategist is to educate and empower you to build your business, which is exactly what I do during these live videos. And let's have a conversation here about the difference between helping and empowering. When you help somebody, that means that you're doing it right alongside with them. So think of this as like, if I were to hire a fitness coach and this coach is doing like the push-ups and the sit-ups with me, they're helping me. But a different type of fitness coach might empower me by telling me what to do, by changing my mindset, and then leaving the responsibility on myself. Y'all, if you've been around the blog here, you know I'm all about empowering you and self-accountability because I cannot hold your hand as you build your business, but I could push you towards it. In this conversation, I answer questions about how to get followers to ask and answer questions on your post. If you can target multiple ideal clients in your business, whether or not you should add hashtags to old posts, and we just get into a whole bunch more, I think you're going to love it. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. How are you? Welcome to our weekly conversation called Ask Me Anything. This is your opportunity to ask questions. I show up every week and I have conversations around content, around marketing, around branding, basically what you want to know, I'm here to serve. Let's dive into your questions. Susan asked, I get some engagement related to my post, but nothing related to questions about what I do. So I understand that not all engagement is equal. We really want people asking us more about what we do and what our business does. But first things first, y'all, let's clap up that engagement. Because Susan just said, I get people talking back to me on some posts, but not others. Number one, Susan, you are so ahead of the curve. So let's just have a moment of gratitude and say, "Mm, I am very thankful for that. Then after we express gratitude for what you have. Now you might be watching and be like, oh, well, no one's engaging in my post. Are you getting at least one like? If you're getting a like, if you're getting a few likes, you're already moving the needle forward. So let's appreciate the engagement that we are getting instead of complaining for what not is there. All right. So my question to you, if we get really practical, is what call to action are you using? If you've been around the block a while, you'll hear me often say a CTA. What do you want somebody to do? So if you are asking a question with hopes that people are going to respond, you have to understand that not all questions are created equal. If I said, pick a number one through 10, the brain immediately says, there's only 10 options. I'm higher likelihood of answering. If I ask you, what are you doing this weekend? Ooh, that's a little bit more of a commitment because you probably have to say a few words strung together going out with friends, staying home and working, building my website. Ooh, okay. You know, that's like the more people, the more work people have to do to answer the question, the least likely they are to answer it. So if I were to say, what's your biggest fear and worry when it comes to making your business plan for 2022, you might be thinking, 
this is just too long. I'm not going to spend the time it takes to respond. So the question I have is, what kind of CTAs are you having? And furthermore, before you have people respond to any questions in general, I always believe it's best to model the questions you want to receive. So it's very common for me to be posting questions on my stories that teach people the types of questions they should be asking me. So I go out of my way to not really talk about parenting advice. I don't really answer how I'm working or how things are going with me as a parent who is also an entrepreneur. Why? I don't really want to get in that. I don't want to position myself as a thought leader. I, I know that I'm still learning the ropes. I don't have much to talk about it. So I'm not really going to answer those types of questions. I will answer questions that foster more of the same type of questions that I want in the future. So Amanda asked, how do you pick content to run as ads for video views? Oh, I love this question. It will be very common that I will use a piece of native content. Like for instance, what this where this live video is first dwelling is on Facebook. I'm going live on Facebook and then what I can do is based on engagement. There are some times where I'll go live and teach a video in real time and it just doesn't do well. For some reason, people aren't interested in the topics, maybe don't like anything. And then sometimes I go live and it gets a really great pop of momentum. People are liking and leaving comments. That is a clean indication to me that of the people who saw it live, if more people saw it, they would have a very similar sentiment. That is a very good idea for things that I should be promoting. If for instance, I create a very short piece of micro content that's funny, it's quick and getting a lot of people to engage, that is a clear indication that I should be running it for ads. Now, when it comes to an ads strategy, there are two types of objectives, building brand and marketing. If I am going to be promoting a post and I don't have a clean CTA, like go and sign up, go and buy, go and subscribe. That's going to be more of like a clean, like marketing vehicle to sales. That ad needs to be very clear. What is the problem? What is the solution? And giving somebody a very clean distinction of this is how you solve the issue that you're having by way of a transaction. That's a very powerful ad. I have run those ads in the past. By and large, I'm running brand building ads. I want people to know, like, and trust me. Will I be paying for ads just so that people can see my content, experience it, learn, feel empowered, feel educated, want to take action? Yes, I will absolutely run ads just for that. Because far before anybody ever decides to invest in my business, they need to know me as a person. They need to trust me as a person and they need to see me with frequency and consistency. So we often let the market test our organic content, and then we determine what we want to turn into ads based on engagement. Great question. Y'all are coming in hot today. Let's move into this question from Karina. I create home and office decor and have three ideal clients. How can I talk to all three of them without having a messy account? Okay, Karina, let's talk about this. I know that people 
teach it different. I am pretty hard nose around saying and believing that it is best for your business. I know that you cater to three clients, but I believe it is best for you to create content that speaks to one. I believe it is so much stronger for any business. I don't care what it is you sell. I don't care who you are. I don't know where in the world you are. If you have a big business or a small business, I believe across the board, it is better to create content that speaks directly to one person. And just like you, Karina, social curator, we know that we attract a multitude of people. But I am going to tell you to narrow it down because when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. You're concerned about your account being messy and it's true that you could happen. But beyond the messiness, I want you to focus on the message. I am the CEO of Social Curator. I know that not all of our users are the same person. I can also tell you, Karina, that we attract three types of people and we've given these three types of people a name. We've given them a name. We have starting Sia. This is a person who's just starting in their business and they're trying to get their feet underneath them for social media. We have elevating L. L already has a business and she wants to take her business to the next level using social media marketing. And we have branded Blair. This is somebody who has a small team who is already pretty significant on social media, knowing that significant in their presence and significant in their message. And they want to know how to extend their brand. We attract all three of these. And you want to know what? We really want to only create content for L. The vast majority of the people we want to speak to is this person, somebody who has a business, a tiny little team, and wants to up-level their business, scale their business. We want people getting into the past the 100,000, 200,000 mark. Now, do we know that we attract Sia, L, and Blair? Yes, but we are choosing to create and speak to L. Why? Because it is so important for us to get specific and get specific with things like, y'all, I just told you that our multitude of customers have names. They have ages. We want to know where they live, what location. Are they married? What do they do on the weekends? What are their social habits? We want to know these things. But I'm going to come out and tell you, the more specific that we got with L, the more we started attracting the people we wanted to work with. Are we attracting branded Blairs and starting Cs too? Yes, but the vast majority of our marketing is going to speak to one person. Why? Because the clearer we get when it speaks to one person, the better off we're going to be as we scale our business. Okay, um, Sylvia asked, it's pretty popular around here for small businesses to use logos for their photo. I've heard you say that it should be your face even in the service industry. Sylvia, I want to be very clear, very, very, very clear. I know it's powerful for businesses to use their logo. I don't think it's right or wrong. Please, please, please. But if you're asking me my opinion, I believe that faces work better than logos. Why? I am not speaking as a founder or a CEO. I'm not speaking as a business owner. I'm speaking as a consumer. Just yesterday, I was on Clubhouse and I was chatting with people and I debated bringing somebody up to the stage because it was a logo and not a face. I was like, 
is this going to be a bot? Is this going to be a spammer? Are they going to come on Clubhouse and just start pitching their product? It's so crazy how we look at somebody and can immediately contextualize them. Think of any business that you would want to work with. Would you be more or less inclined to work with somebody who shows their face or a logo? I'm telling you, if I wanted to buy clothes from a boutique owner, I would like to see their face more than I would like to see the logo. If I was hiring a babysitter, I would want to see their face and not a logo. If I was hiring a trash collector, I would like to see their face and not their logo. Now, here's the thing. I'm not everybody. Maybe I'm actually so interested. I'm so interested right now. Can you leave a comment when you are on social media and there's a new account or you're checking out a business, do you prefer to see a logo? And if you prefer to see a logo, write logo. And if you prefer to see a face or a person, write face, logo or face. Courtney, can you let me know like how it's voting? Because maybe I'm one of the rare people. Maybe everybody likes logos and feels like, oh, I'm, I'm working with a professional business because they have a logo. If that's the case, I want to be wrong. I'm just saying, I call it how I see it. There is not a right or wrong. You get to make a decision. I'm just saying from a consumer's perspective, like me as a consumer, I like to know who I'm working with, but Courtney's going to keep me posted. Bethany asked, I keep showing up consistently to my audience, but I'm not attracting people outside of my circle. Is getting in the DMs the next best strategy? No, Bethany. It is the best strategy. Not the, it's not the next best. It's the best. Direct messages, y'all. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to be real. I never thought I was going to say this, but I'm going to say it because I don't care. It's my truth, and I want people to know. I respond to Instagram direct messages to the best of my ability. But over the past couple of days, actually, as of yesterday, I am responding at least once every 24 hours. Well, yesterday was a very crazy work day. I was not able to tap into my DMs. I tapped in at 6 a.m. and then the rest of the day, I just couldn't. So then this morning, again, at 6 a.m., I go into the gym and I'm like, I'm just gonna be on the elliptical trainer and with my hands, I'm gonna be responding to the DM, but my body's gonna be working out. I was on the elliptical for 58 minutes to catch up with DMs this morning and I didn't catch up with them all. My glutes, there's a good chance I'm not going to walk until Sunday. I'm just saying. But I did that because I don't think that direct messages are the next best thing. I think direct messages are the thing. I get to connect with people in real time. People get to know, like, and trust me. I get to talk specifically to them. I get to connect with them. I just get to say, hey, thanks. I see what you're doing. I get to know people on a better level. They get to trust me. And when people trust me, they show up for me and my business. And guess what? When people trust you, they will show up for you and your business. And here's a little bit of an update. <clears throat> so Sylvia, you can tell anybody who disagreed, point them to this video because all the comments, it's a face by a landslide, by a landslide. Now there's not a right or wrong. I'm just saying, and all of the people in the chat be preaching and saying they want to see people's faces. Okay, let's get into another one of our questions. Uh, this is from Harriet. Can you negatively affect your Instagram page by using the same hashtags? Okay, can you negatively impact it? The answer is it's uncertain, but I would venture to say no. 
I don't think it's going to negatively impact, but I can sure with certainty say it won't positively impact. It will not positively impact. Why? Because Instagram, more than anything, and Facebook and any platform that use an algorithm, the algorithm wants to deliver relevant content. Relevant content. If you're using the same 30 hashtags for every post, it's a clear indication that you're not really paying attention to the content that you want people to get discovered. Sorry, I know that's a little rough around the edges. It's just facts. You want to keep your hashtags around what the heck you're posting because the more relevant your hashtags are to the post, the higher likely, number one, it's going to get discovered and then number two, it's going to be engaged with because just because you're like, oh, these are my 30 and I know I'm going to get discovered. If your photo is not in alignment to the hashtag, good luck trying to get somebody to come across your profile. Good luck. It's just facts. The goal for us is to keep your hashtags aligned to the content and to your business. So it's not enough for me to say, oh, it must be in alignment. Because you're like, what does that mean, bro? Give me some actual tactical things. Fine. If you get up to 30 hashtags, friends, please make sure that you have searchable hashtags. What do you think your dream customer is searching for? Geographic hashtags. This is state. This is city. Things of that nature to get discovered locally or where you want to have your clients come from. Location. This is where like venues. This is where like malls. These are parks. These are beaches. These are theme parks. Something. This is like a Google building. This is a university, right? So geographic state city county location specific places that you think your dream customer would be at or searching for that they could stumble upon your content industry related are you a hairstylist are you a beauty profession are you a photographer use some hashtags will help you get in located by peers and lastly hashtags of things that are in the photo you could hashtag things that are in your photo if people are searching for let's just say um cute coffee mugs or they're searching for a little black dress or they're searching for iPhone 11 whatever the case may be it is okay and definitely advisable for you to mix up hashtags so number 1 you get discovered in different ways and number 2 that the content you're posting looks relevant to the hashtag. That is what makes hashtags work. People are like, oh, hashtags aren't working for me. The question is, are you working for your hashtags? Because if you don't work for hashtags, hashtags will not work for you. That's just it. Okay, so Jacqueline says, just starting out, should I follow all my ideal customers or just comment on their poster stories to test engagement? Jacqueline, no right answer. You get to determine what is best for you. Truly, I promise you, if you really want to follow your ideal clients because you're looking at it as like market research or perhaps you just want to stay top of mind or perhaps you really want to know more about their lives so that you could speak clearly and truly to their pressure points, then maybe the answer is for yes for you. Maybe people are like um, life coaches and they only want to work with like 10 or 15 clients a year and if they follow, let's say, 50 to 60 people that they think that they can build those deep personal connections and they'll get clients that way and that works for them. Awesome. If you are trying to build, let's say an app or a massive platform and you dream about having 10,000 people on it, well, would it make sense for you to follow like 10,000 or 20,000 people? 
Maybe not. It just depends on your ambitions, aspirations, and your business. But again, no right or wrong. I believe you should follow who you want to follow and what will empower your business. The choice is entirely yours. Gary asked, can you go back in old posts and add hashtags? Yes, Gary, you can. They're not going to be as effective. Because remember, when you go, like let's say you go to Instagram and you search for a hashtag, Instagram shows you two things, like the most popular, like the most relevant or at the top. And then as you scroll, it will get to most recent. So if you're adding hashtags to a post, let's say from last month, well, it's definitely not recent. It will likely not be most popular or relevant. Why? Because it's old. So not very many people are engaging with it. How does Instagram determine what is like the most popular, the most relevant engagement? So you could, I just don't think it will move the needle very much. The idea would be for you to focus on what you're doing right now and your future efforts. Speaking of focusing now on your behaviors for future efforts, I just want to take a second and speak from my soul. I know that every week I come on and I make videos and I have content, but like truly part of the reason that I think what makes me different and what makes you want to even watch this video is that we get tired. We get tired of hearing more things to do. We get tired of like, here's another hack and here's another trick. And oh, just take these five steps to save 10 minutes a day. And you're like 10 minutes. I don't have 10 minutes to watch this four minute video. Do you feel like that? I understand that oftentimes when we come here and we talk about building a business, the last thing we want to hear is more things for us to do. I am a transgressor, right? Every week I'm like, do this and do that. And sometimes you're like, I can't even do that right now. So I want to speak to the, I'm tired and I have so much going on in my head. I'm going to speak to you right now. And this is me without notes. I'm just showing up until I blow up. If you have two minutes today and you have two minutes tomorrow, you have four minutes to do something. I don't believe in the amount. I believe in the quality I don't think that you need to be responding to direct messages for 58 minutes in a day. I don't. I do believe, however, that you need to make a little bit of time to get the results that you want. I do not know how you spend your minutes or your hours in your day. I do know that there's a high likelihood that you have a job that pays your bills and you're trying to build something else. In addition, you're trying to look for either more revenue or diverse revenue. I also probably know just based on analytics that there's a good chance that the vast majority of people who are watching this are in a relationship, a pretty committed relationship that takes time and energy. I also know just like statistically and analytically that the majority, around 60% of the people who are watching have children. So if you are having a job that pays your bills and you're trying to either find more revenue or scalable revenue, if you're in a committed relationship and or if you have children, chances are you feel like you ain't got your head screwed on straight. That is just real talk. And so you have the decision to say, my head's not screwed on straight. I can't do everything I want. So then you just throw your hands up and say, well, I really hope and wish it happens. Oh, you see this weekend, I'm going to have a block of one hour to work on this thing. And if you do, that's amazing. Congratulations. But I will tell you that oftentimes that one hour that many business owners are saving over the weekend gets diminished to be about 27 minutes once they get settled and once they stop scrolling social and once the baby stops knocking on the door. So I believe that a little bit of time every day as a discipline 
is going to be the thing that moves the needle. I do not think that you need 58 minutes every single day. If you have it, God bless you, I clap you up. But I do believe that finding tiny micro pieces of time to help elevate you. And when people say, I don't have time. If people say, I don't have time. If you say, I don't have time. I'm going to invite you to actually look at that and say, it's a belief. I believe I don't have time. I think you could also believe what could I look at and see how I can change where I spend my time. What if it means instead of taking a 12-minute shower, I take a 10-minute shower? What does it mean if I were to brew coffee the night before and drink cold coffee in the next morning, like iced coffee the next morning? What would it look like for me to plan my outfit the day before and have it ready so the next day I don't spend 11 minutes in my closet trying to find something to wear? I actually spend two minutes getting dressed. What does it mean for me to change the behaviors to get what I want? These are conversations that many of us won't have because it holds a mirror to us having to make changes as humans, not about business. I am not talking about your six or seven big figure business. I'm not talking about your marketing. I'm not talking about your branding, at least not today. Today I'm having a real talk for you to say, what is the belief in your mind that is stopping you from doing what you want to do? I don't have time. Fine. But what would it look like for you to change the belief of, is there a way for me to think about how I'm spending my time? Can I find five six, seven minutes in my day to have uninterrupted focus time on the thing that I'm doing. I don't know, friend, but if you continue to tell yourself you don't have time, that will then become a fact. If you ask yourself, am I spending my time the way that I should? Now we're having a different conversation. So every week I go live and I'm going to invite you. What would it look like at the point in which you watch this video now live on Facebook, later on Facebook, perhaps you're watching via YouTube, perhaps you're watching as I repurpose this possibly on LinkedIn and you happen to see this and you're wondering what the heck is going on. What would it look like between now and the next time you see a piece of my content for you to say, I thought seriously about the time that I spend. I thought seriously about where I'm investing it. I thought seriously about planning my day a little bit better to pick up pockets of time that would transform the way that I work. Friends, I am just inviting you to change the belief system because if we open ourselves to possibility, we close ourselves off from facts that may or may not be true. These are facts you just made up your mind. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Okay. Could you make time? Could you restructure? Could you think differently? I don't know the answer. Only you do. But I'm going to invite you to think about it for a week. Next week, I will pick up the conversation where we left off today and I'm going to ask you, did you rethink the way you are spending time? Did you by any chance pick up an extra four or five minutes a day? Because if you picked up five minutes a day just on weekdays, that's an extra 25 minutes of work a week. Friend, 25 minutes a week extra? Market your business, build your brand. That's how you move things, baby. I will check in with you next week. I hope you have a great and beautiful, blessed day. Much love, respect, and gratitude. 
I hope you enjoyed this Ask Me Anything episode. In this conversation, we talked a lot about hashtags and I just want to let you know that I have a free hashtag strategy guide you can download to develop the strategy that's right for you. In this guide, you'll learn the four types of hashtags you need to be using for your business, a space for you to brainstorm the right ones, and an additional video tutorial. Come on, y'all. Come on. You can download this guide for free at jasminestar.com forward slash hashtag strategy. You can also find a link in the show notes. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.